You are listening to Deeper Roots, a podcast to help equip the members of New Branch Community Church to glorify God by making disciples of all nations. For more information, visit newbranch.com. Down, 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 down. <laughs> I love welcome, the bumper music. Welcome to Deeper Roots. I'm Matt Baker. I'm joined I'm by Tyler Rucker. Rucker. Oh, I'm Ken Rucker. All right, we got it. <laughs> Uh, hey, we've had a lot of people uh, mention Ken's voice in the recent episodes, and I just wanted to clarify for everybody listening that that's not a technical problem, just that Ken talks like that Hello, sometimes. hello, hello, hello. He, his voice actually just has an echo, and we kept telling him not to use that voice in the past episodes. I'll turn but, off the reverb. But he, he wanted to do it anyway. It's, so. it's his pastoral authority voice. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yes, we are aware, and hopefully that gets fixed today. And before we jump in, I... I just want to brag on our church for a minute before we jump into our topic for the day. Is that okay? Can can we do that? Yeah. So I love our church, so I think you should brag on it. Yes. So a couple of weeks ago, I saw a little, uh, saw a little post go out in our neighborhood that a person had a tree fall in their front yard and needed some help. Uh, went a few hours and no one was really stepping up to help. So contacted and said, Hey, you still, is this still a need? They said, yes. And so about it was about 4.30 or 5 o'clock that I put a little post out on our Facebook um, asking for anyone if they could come help cut up the tree. And, um, and then I started getting lit up with text messages from different guys in the church saying, hey, I can be there in 30 minutes. I, can, I don't have a chainsaw, but I can be there and whatever. Awesome. So at the point that I knocked on her door and said, hey, I'm here. I'm ready to start working. Um, I told her, I, I said, hey, I'm, we're here. I got at least one guy coming. <laughs> And then it ended up being nine guys from the church. That's fantastic. Wow. And, That's great. Um, then a few other neighbors joined in. And, uh, man, it was just really cool. I was really, Leah and I were really blessed to see the church step up and help us serve our neighbors in that way. And I think it was, I think it was a good testimony to my neighbors about how, I, 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 and it really committed the gospel, I think. Yeah, you, so. you, you sent some pictures to me later that night. And that was the first I had heard of it. Yeah. You know, which part of me was like, man, I missed out, you know, and wanted to be there. But, but another part of me was like, how cool is that? Yeah. Like, like as the teaching pastor, I didn't even know this was happening. I wasn't even aware of this. And yet, um, you know, God's people were responding to a need. So that was cool. And, and like, I didn't even, I didn't even. I wasn't even having to say anything to fellow neighbors because some of people were like, I just love that we live in a neighborhood that comes together like this. And then it was like one of our other neighbors was like, it's not the neighborhood. This is the church of the street. That's where all most of these guys are from. So, That's awesome. great. That's yeah. great. So it was really cool. And actually here in a, here in just a few minutes, in an hour or so, whenever I'm done here, we're, we're going to finish cutting the rest of the tree down with another member from New Branch. That's awesome. So, great. It was, it was good. Go, so here's my segue. Church. I got a good segue here. So after uh, we finished cutting up the tree, uh, I it was hot, sweaty, whatever. I went to the pool and um, the guy there at the pool said, oh, what kind of church? These are people from your church. What kind of church do you go to? And my other neighbor has been here a couple of times said, he goes, is it a Baptist? The guy asked me, is it a Baptist church? My other neighbor has been here a few times said, no, it's not a Baptist church. And I was like, <laughs> yes, it is actually. <laughs> so today we're talking about the fact that we are a Baptist church. Yes, we are. And uh, specifically, you guys have uh, recently gone to the annual convention. Annual convention in Nashville. In Nashville. And I believe you got some hot chicken. Uh, Yes. I didn't even know that uh, Nashville was like hot chicken was a thing in Nashville. 
Um, and I'm like, I'm like thinking like hot Buffalo wings or something, but yeah, it was fantastic. It was. Yeah. I like uh, my wife. Was it was, not it a was, fan. it was a little painful. Yes. But it was good. Good pain. And, and Matt sang country music. I heard. I did. All, he did. All I had week. to pull him out of a couple honky tonks while we were there, but <laughs> I can't. All yeah, is good. Can't not. I don't know if my mic's working actually. I'm not, I don't, it's not showing up. Uh, it's showing that? up. Yeah. Is it showing up? It oh, is. okay, good. Well, I thought maybe everybody's going to be blessed and, and not have the <laughs> mic work, but I, I didn't get hot chicken. I didn't want to wait in line. And <clears throat> I think Kim was in the right place at the right time. When the, Well, you had to go to a different place than what we were originally wanting. But yeah. yeah Nashville's yeah. fun, though. It is good it time. Is a fun, t- fun place good to time. visit. I had my uh, oldest two with me, and so I enjoyed uh, hanging out with them there, too. So, so yeah. but you guys were there as kids. That is my oldest two kids. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, you guys were there as the... As opposed to what? Your I turtles or... <laughs> my oldest two uh, t-shirts. They're my favorite shirts when I was wearing them. Yeah. Uh, uh, but you guys were there as the official messengers or representatives or however, but they're called messengers from yep. our church. Um, so just briefly for those of us, those of the, that are listening that aren't familiar with the, the SBC, like what is that Southern Baptist Convention and what does it mean for us to say that we're a Southern Baptist church? Yeah, so uh, there are somewhere in the realm of 47,000 yes. Southern Baptist churches. We can also call them Great Commission Baptist churches uh, in the country, um, and we are one of them. And there are um, three different um, levels of participation. There's a local level, and we participate with our local association called the Greater Atlanta Baptist Network. Um, there's the state level, which for us is the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. And then there's the national level. And the national level has uh, different <coughs> entities uh, that are comprised of uh, six seminaries yep, um, six. throughout the country. Um, the uh, Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, the Executive Committee, I think that's it. Um, and, and we participate in that. Lifeway and Guidestone. Yeah, Lifeway, Guidestone. And then um, I, I think the most important part of the national entities are the two mission boards. Yeah. Yes. The North American Mission Board based here in Alpharetta, Georgia, and the International Mission Board based in Richmond, Virginia. Um, so, and, and those. So that's, that's like our denominational structure. That's our denominational structure. The, the, the seminaries in particular, as well as the, the missionaries that are sent by the uh, the IMB and the North American Mission Board are funded through what's called the Cooperative Program, which is a voluntary um, fund that um, Great Commission Baptist churches uh, give to, um, and we participate in that. It's a small portion of our mission budget, but it is part of our mission budget. Um, and so that's you know we're connected to being a part of sending these missionaries all throughout the so forty seven thousand Baptist churches and some yes. odd um, that's counting like a Baptist I'm sure but um, all of those churches they give into the cooperative program and then that money is then dispersed to state conventions sta- dispersed to seminaries yes uh, and that allows the seminary part allows you to offset if you're a member of the Southern Baptist Church allows a significant offset of tuition to for like when Jonathan was going through seminary yep. he's paying like when it, well, actually we've all benefited from that program um right. and we are paying like a third of the price of tuition absolutely yeah. it's um, a huge huge which is that that, that part alone is 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 huge 
Um, and then, uh, and then it also goes to, like you said, the international mission board and the North American mission board so that an international mission board missionary really is not, uh, fundraising for their own support. That's taken care of. They're fully salaried, right? So we have both here at new branch. We have, uh, faith missionaries with other agencies that we support and give to, they have to raise a lot of support from other churches and other individuals. Those that go through the international mission board though, are fully funded. They don't have to come back and raise more support and that sort of thing. So it's a both end. Uh, We see the benefits of both of those. Um, but that's what it means to participate as a Southern Baptist church and new branch at like for new branch itself. Like the things, the reasons, the things that excite us about being Southern Baptist are. Yeah. So, so one would be just the, our theological, uh, agreement with, um, their, theological doctrinal statement, which is called the Baptist faith and message 2000. Uh, you can Google that, read that. Um, uh, we would fall underneath that in terms of our theological positions and, and, and all of that. Um, we align with that doctrinal statement, uh, better than we do any other denominational doctrinal statement. And so we, we celebrate that and we're grateful that all the seminaries and, all their presidents and all the entity heads and all the professors in the seminaries have to affirm that. And so that keeps us moored uh, to uh, conservative theological doctrine. Um, and so we, we're grateful for that. And then just the missionary part. I mean, we, we believe in partnering with other like-minded churches to send missionaries. That's why we partner with the Pillar Network. That's also why we partner with the uh, Southern Baptist Convention. Yes. Um, so what, what is the Southern, what did you guys go to? Like that's, you're talking about a yeah. denomination. What is the convention? Like what so, is, so I think, <clears throat> so technically we're not a denomination. Technically right. we're, uh, because we're a ground up, we're not a hierarchical. There's not a hierarchy in our denomination. This ground up is voluntary. Like Ken was saying, <clears throat> it's voluntary, like he was saying. So to pause there for a second, when you right. say it's ground up, it's not hierarchical. Yeah. You like the denomination I grew up in was hierarchical. So right. like the denomination could come into our yes. local church and say, Hey, you're selling this and we're keeping the money or something Correct. like that. Yep. Or yep. we're moving your pastor around or Correct. something like that. But that's not like the, our, the, the SBC or the great commission Baptist, right. whatever, uh, can't come into New Branch and yeah. kind of tell us what to do in that way. That's right. So there's uh, um, because we believe we're good Baptists. We believe the church is autonomous. So we are the church uh, makes decisions for the church. Each local church building pastor, all those things, and decides to cooperate with the SBC. And so the doctrinal statement that Ken mentioned a minute ago is what's required. That's what we gather uh, around and under. And then, uh, so we went to the Southern Baptist Convention or the Great Commission Baptist. We went to the annual meeting, uh, which is two days every June. And technically, legally, that's the only time the SBC exists. We're all together uh, and we're doing business together. And then the executive committee that was mentioned a few moments ago, uh, they operate uh, throughout the year at uh, following the will of the of the convention, uh, may, uh, carrying out what we voted on and what decisions we made. So it's a giant business meeting. That's basically what it is. It's a giant business it's, it's meeting. It's a church business meeting like times... Like our members literally, times literally giant times fifteen thousand. So there, there were over fifteen thousand messengers. Messengers is just a nice way of saying voters. 
um, from churches. Um, and yeah, it was just basically a big business meeting where um, the budget for the cooperative program and how things get split among the entities, we vote on that annually. Uh, we elect officers. Um, we decide on various resolutions. Uh, we can talk later about what that is. Um, and, and there's also, there's time for literally for people to make motions from the floor that I think we yeah. ought to do this. I think we ought to do this. And there's, uh, there's, um, formal debate that occurs. Um, right. and, and, you know, it's, what's interesting is I asked, uh, Nathan Reichert, um, our intern this summer went with us. Um, I took him along and like amazing, like this was his first yeah. exposure to anything like this. So I asked him, I was like, what was your takeaway? What's your biggest um, takeaway from this week? Cause I know it's overwhelming. And his takeaway was, it was amazing to see thousands of people from churches all over our country gather together and actually make decisions Yeah, and do so peacefully and orderly. Um, and I thought that was pretty good insight as right. to what, what occurred. Because anybody can step up and make a motion, which sometimes is like the crazy uncle of the convention stepping up to the mic. And, and that happens. And that, but but at the same time, we are a bottom-up where anyone can can make a motion. And if it gets voted on and it gets voted through, that that carries on. So a giant business meeting for two days. I'm glad you guys went. And I'll uh, <laughs> You're nominate you to go in our stead next year as well. Uh, what What were some of your biggest takeaways from this this convention? Um, the good, the bad, the ugly. Well, well let me... The good. So, well, let me say it this way. So as I, man, I've been in the SBC all my life, I've been to conventions as a kid, like I took my kids this past year. Um, I've been going as an adult since about 2009. I've missed a few years in there, but uh, I can say this, it, most of that's been in the era of social media. There's always social media build up before every year, always. Uh, it was certainly heightened this year, um, but every year uh, it's always better when we get in the room than what is anticipated via social media, which I just think shows uh, on the whole, and if you know me, you know I already feel this way, uh, how toxic social media typically is. And, uh, and is, so anyway, so I'll just say it was always, it's always just better uh, and yeah. uh, when you get in the room. And I, I was um, generally encouraged. Uh, this is the largest number of messengers in, in recent years. I think in Dallas a couple of years ago, we might have had close to 10,000. So you're talking about over 15,000 messengers uh, in the room together. And there were many times when we would vote, you vote by raising ballot. If it's too close, then, then you would cast ballots. But uh, there were so many times that we voted on something and, and, and Ken and I would look at each other and say, wow, that was a good sign because the overall unity on almost every vote was just encouraging. Uh, it was just yeah. uh, so often that was just an encouraging thing. Because you wanted divisive things get all the press, particularly on social yeah. media. It gets all the heat. And I think a lot of times you have heat coming on social media from people that aren't even messengers. Right. Our church wouldn't trust them to be messengers or right. whatever. And, and um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that heat because that keeps us that that keeps us considering what is most important right and you know i i totally agree i, th I think there was um an incredible display of unity around the gospel yep 
um, around our mission of making disciples of all nations. Yep. Um, and quite honestly, a, a, a great deal of unity around the fact that we are a theologically conservative, um, you know, denomination. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we, and we remain so thankfully yeah. by God's grace. And, and some of those voices though, uh, when they manifest themselves in the social media, they're hard to swallow and we roll our eyes, but they help us, they mm-hmm. help us stay theologically conservative. And so there's a, they, they play a role in that. I would say the, the highlight of the convention for me was seeing the IMB missionaries be con- commissioned. So they always, always do that right at the, right at the beginning, uh, the first night, and uh, it, it's just a great reminder. This is why we do this. Yep, this is why we do this to take the gospel to the nations and uh, to see these sixty four missionaries be introduced. Some of whom were you know had to be a behind a a curtain. Yep. and use fake names because they're going to places where the gospel is um, is. Um, you can't go as a missionary. Not accepted. Yeah, you can't go as a missionary. Um, and and for us to be able to celebrate that this is part of w- what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and then we spend two days in the business meeting, but we're reminded that's why we do it. Yes. That's why we come together. Yes. Because classic Southern Baptist line, we can do more together than we can separately. Absolutely. Right. That's why we're not independent Baptists. Yeah. That's why we're part of this. That's yeah. right. So that, so that was a good, um, you know, if, if I were to say the, the, the bad... Um, you know, as Matt mentioned, um, the election of officers this year was hotly contested. Sure. Yep. There was uh, there were four candidates, um, and there was a lot of buildup prior to the SBC. Um, you know, um, from one of the candidates, there was the accusation of uh, a leftward drift in the convention, and so the need to uh, kind of uh, take over in that regard and prevent that from happening. And so there was a lot of fear that that particular candidate kind of sowed uh, into the lead up. Um, and, and so it was very hotly contested leading up to it. Um, and I, I would say much of that lead up and the social media and all of that was kind of just the bad part of that. Um, the the other part that, that uh, was was bad, but ended up good was that we went into the convention with our executive committee, which is kind of the, the the committee that acts on behalf of all of the messengers of the SBC during the year, like the other 363 days of the year. Uh, They, they, they seek to carry out the wishes of the, of the messengers. Uh, They entered into the convention quite honestly, under a, a shadow of, um, What's the best word I can use there? This allegation. Suspicion. Yeah. yeah. Suspicion of not handling a number of sex abuse cases well. So some churches were brought forward that clearly had, had handled sex abuse um, uh, accusations inappropriately, some of whom were still um, – uh, had, had those people on staff – uh, had no means, uh, had no mechanism in place to deal with that. And the executive committee um, was asked to look into this and to uh, so make some decisions. And they they basically punted on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were some, some accusations as to why they did that. Uh, they did prior to the convention. They 
they called for an investigation of themselves. Um, however, um, there were many, apparently at least two thirds majority of the messengers that yeah. wanted that investigation to be completely independent right? Uh, to where, you know, they, they should not investigate themselves. It should be third party. They should not be in charge of that third party investigation and so forth. Unfortunately, the executive committee didn't, uh, didn't voluntarily accept right. that. That was one of those things at the convention that the, that came from the floor. Correct. That the that the convention itself it wasn't like it wasn't like given from as from the executive committee or from somewhere else, but it came from the floor that said no 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 you need to do this independent third party. Right. And then was affirmed by the by the floor. Right. Independent third party is what needs to happen. Yeah, the executive committee had had the chance to to accept that as a as a friendly. Um, motion, right. they, they didn't do that. And yeah. so the messenger spoke um, an overwhelming majority to say, yeah, it should be completely independent of you. Right. Um, and not an investigation that's not hindered in any way. And that's good. I, I, I mean, I said that was bad. I, I wish that the executive committee had accepted that as a friendly motion without being forced to. But the convention ultimately did what it was intended to do. The messenger spoke with a clear majority um, on something that is ultimately going to protect people in churches around our country. Yeah. I, I mean, ultimately it was good. Yeah. Yeah. And, ju- and just to be clear on how that works in the room, uh, it took a two thirds vote uh, to move that to the floor for debate. So first the convention had to vote, like Tyler said, it came from the floor. The convention had to affirm that by two thirds vote, but the people in the room. And my point is, then it was brought up and discussed later. So it's scheduled for later. So you can't, and then it took a majority vote again. So, so two different times, the convention overwhelmingly to push that all the way through uh, said, this needs to happen. And that was a good thing. Yeah, I agree. That was a good thing and encouraging thing. And, uh, so yeah, uh, I think we spoke clearly on that and, and, and hope and trust that, uh, there's clarity and, um, that, that will be revealed, uh, next year at the convention yeah. uh, as a result of the investigation and that we can move forward in unity. And if there's any repentance needed, that it will happen. Sure. Now there was also, and I, I'm not completely in the know about this, but the executive committee was, <clears throat> it was trying to give themselves more power or more. Uh, more, uh, exec- more control over doing things with cooperative program money. Correct. Talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> when you register, when you show up and you get your ballots and all of that, they give you a book of reports. It's literally, I should have brought it in. It's a, it's a book. Um, if anybody in the church wants to see that, I'll keep it in my office and you, you can look at it. Um, and each I'll of sell I, mine. I don't, you, you don't, don't. you go on record. <laughs> um, but each of the entities submits a report. Um, and so the executive committee submitted their report. And one of the um, parts of their report um, said that what they were proposing that they would be able to do is to, um, if one of the other entities, whether it's a seminary or the ERLC or one of the mission boards or anybody, any of the, of the other entities uh, were not acting in its opinion on the opinion of the executive committee were not acting in accord with its stated mission uh, and the desires of the mission uh, of the messengers of the, of the convention that the executive committee 
could withhold their cooperative program funding and put it in escrow until, uh, in their view, in their opinion, uh, that entity were to correct things. Gotcha. Now, that sounds benign, right? But, but it's putting a lot of power in, in the hands of a, It puts an incredible amount of power, especially during a time where there's some questions as to what's going on with our executive committee. Yeah. It's under investigation. And so the convention said, no, nah, no, nah, you're not going to do that. Yeah, ac- absolutely. Um, overwhelmingly said, For no, sure. we are not going to give you that it, that that kind of power. If right. if one of our entities, um, in, in the estimation of the messengers themselves, uh, were to go off course, um, the messengers are the ones that need to vote that way. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's not a power that the messengers were willing to give to the executive committee. And I'm, and that's a good thing. It is a good thing. Each of our each of our entities operates under a trustee system, and so yep. those those trustees uh, have the the power and authority, and so to um, to act on behalf, and that's important because it even has legal ramifications uh, to of of protection. Like if if somebody tripped and fell at one of our seminaries, they can't uh, sue uh, and get money from the IMB because they're all separate. And as you can imagine, after a $150 million gift of Lottie Moon, (laughs) the IMB, if somebody's got litigation access to that, that would be a nightmare. And so, so even that would even have complicated that it would have complicated our uh, seminaries uh, and their accreditation process because uh, accreditation boards want to know that uh, seminaries, that schools are acting independently. And, uh, and that there's not um, undue sway by somebody else over that school. So, so there's, there's legal reasons, there's academic reasons, but fundamentally it was just wrong. Yeah, it's it was too, wrong. Much power. It's too much power yeah. for one community to have. So yeah. back to the election of officers. Yeah. Reference some of the candidates. Oh, we moved on from that, right? No, no, no. You can't pass this one. <laughs> so there we were have a new president. There were four. We have, we have a new president. So uh, J.D. Greer was our president. Uh, he actually served an extra year because during the pandemic, the SBC did not meet last summer. Um, so uh, there was a new election for president. Uh, the four candidates were Al Moeller, who is the um, president of Southern Seminary in Kentucky. Um, Ed Litton, who was who's a pastor in Mobile, Alabama. Randy Adams, who is a state convention uh, executive director out west somewhere. Um, and Mike Stone, who's from Georgia, uh, who was the chair of the SBC executive committee that we've been mentioned a number of times. Um, but he's also a pastor here in South Georgia. So first round, first round of voting, uh, no one gets more than 50%. And so the top two go to the second round. The top two then were Mike Stone and Ed Litton. Correct. And so from that, Ed Litton won. Yes. How... How by how much? Uh, it was it was a fairly narrow margin in the in the runoff. It was it was like six or seven hundred votes. It was like four thousand to like thirty five hundred or something like that. Gotcha. So um, it was a it was a fairly narrow margin. My numbers may be off, but it was considering fifteen thousand sure. messengers. It was a it was several hundred votes, but that's sure. relatively close. So and then since then, there's been some concerns about. Ed Litton. Yeah, uh, there has. Um, there's, we would share. 
yeah, we can we can certainly share that. Um, it's it's made headline news in Washington Post, and New York Times. So it's it's hit secular media. There's no reason why we can't talk about it. Um, there's been the accusation of plagiarism on Ed Litton uh, for some sermons that he preached, um, and I, I think those accusations are legitimate and founded. Uh, the uh, the evidence is out there. The videos are very clear. He he. Um, he did come out in a statement and say that he contacted the person, the person that he basically got this, the sermon material content from was J.D. Greer. Yeah. Um, he contacted J.D. Greer. He asked permission to use this. I don't think J.D. Greer knew to the extent that it's the extent that he used it is just cringy. Bad. It's word for word. It's, like it's word for word. And, you know, I, I think we should probably go on record here to say that what he did was wrong. He shouldn't have done that. That's plagiarism in the pulpit. Um, one of one of my my highest calling in the in the role that I have as teaching pastor is to study the word and preach the word. Yeah, and um, it's it is deceptive. Um, it's 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 thievery from the person that you're stealing it from, and it's deceptive when you preach it as if it were your own. Right. Uh, but uh, man. Um, Everything that we talk about in terms of the benefits of expository preaching and preaching to a live audience and not going multi-site and all of that, all that's thrown out the window if you're just going to borrow a sermon from somebody else. Yeah. So it was wrong. He should not have done that. And that's that's gotten a lot of press uh, since then. And it's just, it's really, really unfortunate. I wish it had not, uh, I wish the plagiarism obviously had not happened. Um, ultimately don't know how that's going to play out for him either in his church or in his role as president. Yeah. And that's why that point of plagiarism and whatever is why you'll often hear, I know I did it one last time I preached and said, Hey, my outline today comes from such and such, like, sure. because this is where I'm getting my outline. Uh, I'm just going to tell you straight up. It came from the outline came from this commentary or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But to just, to just take, word for word effectively is what it was and preach that person's sermon is lazy and it's not becoming of the, right. of, of a preacher that's going to stand before and deliver God's word. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's uh, not only is it um, all the things you guys are, are saying um, lazy, dishonest uh, plus even, I mean, a pastor just, they, he needs to labor in the word every right. week, right? right? He needs to, uh, it, it is a labor of love on behalf of the church. And, uh, and so it's just disingenuous, even in because you're not really preaching the word; you're just delivering a speech at that point. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, we'll see how that. Even this week, it seems like there might be other sermons that he did the same thing in, or something like that. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, so uh, I know we're getting right at the time that we normally do, but I don't want to cut this one to a second because I don't want to talk about the SBC convention twice. <laughs> I I, 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 sec I second that motion. All in favor? Aye. We're getting it. But there is one more thing that's kind of, it was it was looming going into it, which is uh, dating back to a couple, two years ago, I guess, Resolution 9 uh, on critical race theory. And then we're going to try to clarify some things this year, which was Resolution 2. So, Matt, you have apparently, since you're the SBC lifer, and you like you, you're talking to me about Robert's rules, and I think you could be a parliamentarian. <laughs> no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> um, so talk to tell me tell tell people a little bit about what that 
what how that started from resolution nine on to what the what that what is that issue? Sure. So first, I think it's important that everybody knows what a resolution is. Uh, a motion from the floor would be calling for action uh, in, within the SBC. A resolution is a statement made by the messengers at that particular convention. Um, and they ha- we have them every year, multiple resolutions every year. We always make statements. Uh, for example, the last resolution that's always made every year is a statement of thanks and gratitude to the hosting city. Uh, You know, so the messengers are just making statements and they can be on a variety of things. In uh, Birmingham, Alabama in 2019, there was one that was passed on critical race theory. And so uh, the the major concern, uh, so I can remember somebody saying... um, there, there was just confusion in the room. Uh, this is this was brought from the floor in two thousand. It's brought from the floor. It does have to go through some some procedures and through. Uh, there is a committee on resolutions uh, that that works. But again, anything can be brought out right. of committee with a two thirds vote. It can be amended. It can be passed. So there was a there was a resolution that was uh, hotly debated and uh, in, in, on the floor. Uh, it was passed and it's been debated ever since. And sure. it's that famous resolution. Um, I think the first effort was uh, made to rescind that resolution, um, which means but to, this year. But before this you, year. but before you go there, the reason that it was hotly debated is because it took a theory, critical race theory, yeah. and, and it called it the point that's debated. It called it a helpful analytical analytical tool. tool right. So uh, it was a helpful analytical tool in looking at. Um, racial issues or something like that correct now can or somebody can either of you tell say what is critical race theory yeah so um we we know i'm not gonna i I will say this we know a lot more about it than we did in 2019 than we did in 2019 which is part of why it got that is why because no one knew honestly if 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 we knew more about what it was i don't think it would have passed sure um, and, and so in that regard, it should never have passed. Right. We didn't know much about it, um, but we do now. We know that it's founded in Marxist um, foundations. It's an ideology that basically is um, – it, it, it considers someone va- someone's value and their voice um, based on their race. Right. And it, it considers um, that there's a power structure at play. And those in the dominant race are the ones that are in power and um, everything that they do and say, um, as suggested by this theory, is done to reinforce and to keep that power. Right. Um, and so um, fundamentally what we know now is, is that it's, it actually is very racist in its foundation. Um, and so I, I don't and think it, it, and without getting like all the way into it and there's all kinds of different ways to define it and all of that. And you can say what, who, who really, which school of thought like is like, right. what is critical race theory, different critical race theor- theoreticians would define it differently, but it is incompatible wow. with Christianity because it makes particularly, it makes it like epistemological claims that are incompatible. Like it would say, that as a majority race person or whatever with, uh, I can't actually know the truth. Like I can't actually arrive at the truth. So it would make an epistemological claim that because I am a white male Christian, I don't, I can't actually know things. And we would reject that as being incompatible with, with, yeah, and, and, and it sees your primary identity as yes. being equal to 
your ethnicity. Yes. That and that's your primary identity. And then it reads everything through oppressor oppressed mm-hmm. relationships, which is problematic in itself. So that theory, that way of responding in the, in the conversation about racial reconciliation, uh, it, which is why this whole thing came up to begin with is the co- broader conversation about racial issues in our country. But uh, that theory is problematic and, and, and incompatible with a biblical understanding of yes like we we we, we reject that theory because it is incompatible correct with the gospel and incompatible with a biblical understanding of the world yes um regardless of where we land on like some other racial issues in our country sure that's not the grid by which we would seek to seek progress in there like yep. we have a biblical grid for justice and things like that um and depending on how you see things going in the country we that that's not what we're saying we're just saying that that tool that worldview ideology is incompatible with christianity yeah and so all that being said that's not what we said in 2019 we said it was a useful or that that's not what the sbc said in 2019 they said it was a useful analytical tool so going into this convention they knew that there was going to be some work to try to go back on that what they said in 20, 2019, and that was Resolution 2. And Resolution 2, uh, well, you talked to me about you were going into it. They wanted to rescind. They wanted yeah. to rescind Resolution 9. And yeah, I think a, a motion was made early on in the meeting uh, to rescind uh, the resolution from 2019. Um so uh, the way this works is motions are made, and then later the Committee on Order of Business will come back and either uh, say motions are out of order, refer them uh, to a specific entity, or they'll go to the messengers for a vote. Um, so rightfully so, uh, motion was made to rescind that, and then others would st- stood up and said, well, if we're going to rescind motions, which rescind motions from like the 1800s that were explicitly uh, racist. Right. Uh, yeah, there, there, there were motions yeah. that are on the books that say slavery is good. Yeah, right. and um, and and those with black skin color, right? You know, are are less valuable right. in society. But, so yeah, but, so they so they made motions for those two to be rescinded. Uh, what happened was Committee of Order Business came out and said, you know, explained again what resolutions are. Yeah. Uh, they're not binding uh, on any entity uh, within the SBC, so we're not binding our entities based on them. And I uh, just said it: you you can't go unsay what uh, a group of people at a specific time and place said. You can make a contrary resolution this time around. Correct. So we have on, you mentioned the racial things. We've made contrary resolutions and made it clear that that part of our past is not, you know, we have to. Yeah. Go go back and look at the, uh, the uh, resolution from 1995 on racism uh, from the SBC. And that basically it is something to try to clearly uh, say, contrary to those abhorrent ones from from yeah. years past yeah. so you um so yeah so so there there's no way to unsay what a group of people said so you're right so the best thing to do is to either make a clarifying resolution which can happen sometimes right. uh or or to make a resolution as as well you know that was wrong and we're saying no, the opposite now so so uh, this year they made resolution two as the clarifying or even contrary resolution to on that 
um, among other things, it says resolves that we reject any theory or worldview that finds the ultimate identity of human beings in ethnicity or in any other group dynamic. And be it further resolved that we reject any theory or worldview that sees the primary problem of humanity as anything other than sin against God. And the ultimate solution is anything other than the redemption found only in Christ. And be it further resolved, we therefore reject any theory or worldview that denies that racism, oppression, or discrimination is rooted ultimately in anything other than sin. So they were speaking, Resolution 2 was speaking to CRT, CRTI, critical race theory, and that passed overwhelmingly. Overwhelmingly. Overwhelmingly, yes. Absolutely. And And people weren't happy because it didn't specifically name CRT, right? But even that language seems to be like pointed I, directly at that. That, was, my, the, that was, there, the, the intent was to be broader than that. I mean, that's what, that's what the uh, committee on resolution said. You know, we're, yeah. we were trying to aim at everything that would be, I, I mean, I'll, I'll just, I'll be honest. Um, I, I, I wish it included that language as yeah. well. Uh, you know, for example, critical, critical race theory, right, right. intersectionality, sure. all of that. Um, I wish it had included that as an example. Sure. Uh, but the intent behind the resolution committee was to submit something that would be timeless. Right. That would say, you know, CRT or whatever the, nels- the, the, next, the, the next theory right. that comes along that finds our identity in anything other than Christ. Right. And the problem with humanity is anything other than sin against God. Right. Yeah. So that's the way that they sought to clear up the, the CRT thing was I... I, it's I, to me. It's I think it's clear that what they're going after when calling these like worldly ideologies and things like that is that they're talking about CRT. I I'm with you. It would have been fine with me to name it, but I think that's clear that what's going after. Sure. Um. And so that was the big. That was uh, that was a with a big resolution going into it. And so hopefully, uh, hopefully we can move on as Southern Baptists agreeing that. Uh, CRT is a very problematic ideology, and now let's just get on with uh, doing the and we'll make our sure mission. we're not having that. Yeah, let's get on with our mission. We clear that hey, this shouldn't be yeah. taught in our seminaries or our churches or whatever. We would say, and we haven't really talked about this as an elder board, but I feel pretty confident saying like all of our elders would reject that. And but because of how how problematic it is, um, and so yeah, let's just. That we've spoken as a group and now let's move on. Exactly. exactly. So anything else to we're, we're at 42 minutes. So if anyone's still with us talking about the SBC, <laughs> congratulations, let uh, us know you made it this far. And if yeah. you're, if you're still with us, you're, you're highly interested or you're falling asleep and they're still, uh, still playing in your ears. But, uh, let me just say, uh, to, uh, everything we're saying, uh, Ken and I are just sharing our perspective. We were there in the room. Uh, we're not speaking on behalf of all the elders or sharing opinions uh, yeah. on behalf yeah. of everybody. Uh, and you know, uh, good people in the room don't always vote the same way. There was right. at least once Ken and I didn't vote the same way. I think it was on a, I tried to pull his arm we, down. We tried <laughs> to, it was a meeting. It was the vote to adjourn. Wasn't uh, it? I think, it, I, I think it, I think it was a vote on whether or not to extend debate. And uh, so uh, I always like a good fight. So I voted yes. Uh, but, but yeah, so, but yeah, it, it was a privilege to go and, and uh, uh, on behalf of the church and, and, and be there and be a part of the room. So. Yes. So, with that, if you're still with us, congratulations. You made it this far, and uh, we will see you next week on Deeper Roots. Deeper Roots.